Alright, I think I'm rolling, boys. I'm right with you. Oh, you gotta do the joke. There's no joke. Hurry, someone come up with the joke. Are those the same shoes that you took back, but just a different color? No. They look like a whole different style of iron. Because yep. <laughs> he was sliding around. Yeah, I was sliding. I almost killed myself out there for But there was sake. the floor, too, though. Yeah, but nobody else was sliding like I was. <laughs> no, you were like it's, on it's your ice. light. That was, was ridiculous. It's your light airiness. Did it, when it what wasn't did wet, did it feel like you're, you were getting a good grip on the floor? Yeah, it was fine except for those spots, but you guys weren't slipping on those same spots. Did you take the shoes back and say, I'm slipping in these? <laughs> No, they're talking about you still at the store. Remember that guy that came in this weekend? I did mention it, but they one of them squeaked. It was really weird. It was like, <laughs> yeah, you don't sound old oh, at all. Man. <laughs> no, I was wondering. Oh, these, these, uh, he had dark socks. <laughs> Excuse me, these sneakers. <laughs> Look, I can't sneak up on anybody. They, they squeak. They squeak and they slip on the floor. I need to, and plus the color doesn't go with my dungarees. These are slippery. There's the joke right back in there. Oh, hey, I can't look. Believe. They took them back. That's all I can. They're still laughing. I know. You remember that old guy? <laughs> what are these shoes at the discount rent? Those are those that, that old guy brought in. Remember he slipped in them? Yeah, yeah, they squeaked. The le- just the left one. And I slipped it up. Yeah, I slipped all over the place. I slipped all over a wooden floor. They're not good on a wooden floor. On a wet wooden floor, they slipped. Do you have any in the back that don't slip on wet wooden floors? Or a wooden floor, anyway. Stupid old fart. And he's trying to sell Tell him you're walking around the mall. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tell him you're walking around the mall. Your mall yeah, I was mall walking <laughs> and they were squeaking. I slipped. I slipped in front of the... Uh, do, you, do you have any that are bright and white? Pass, when I pass that lady in a walker while I'm mall walking, she says the noise from my shoes bother her. Okay. She has to turn down her hearing. Yeah, in my walker's club. <laughs> but I do like these a lot better. They're... Uh, they to change the subject. They Do they have they have Velcro? <laughs> Good, for you, Good for you. <laughs> I can say that because I had Velcro shoes once and they were comfortable. Until some guy pissed on them. It wasn't me. Tricks. No, some guy at work pissed on him. Pissed on your shoes? I have, was purpose? pissed on at work. Have I ever told you this? No. I was peed on at work. I I, I, I when I learned that. the meaning of the word pee on. God damn it, jokes. <laughs> <laughs> or in the, ba- in the bathroom, and we have those little walls between the urinals and stuff. All of a sudden, you know, I'm that pissed, and the guy's next to me, and all of a sudden, like, <laughs> sound, feeling, stuff's going on, and there's just piss. I'm going on my shoe. I remember this story. And he was pissing. I'm like the like he lost his stream and it was going on the wall and hitting the side of the thing. It was dripping down that wall and dripping on the other side and splattering all over my shoes like tons of piss. And I was like going, what's going on? Slowly processing what's going on. This guy goes, oh. And I couldn't even look at him in the eye. I was like, oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> I washed it in my hands and I'm like, my shoes are stall. Soaking wet, and I'm wiping the shoe. What about your pants? Did it hit your pants? And well, but I, I was like, I was in shock, and I went back, and I was like, they're like, what's wrong? I was, I was just pissed on. It was like 2 o'clock in the afternoon, all I could think of. And then I left like at 3, and I just went home, got out of the car, went to the went to the garage, took the shoes off, and threw them in the garbage. <laughs> went home, took the clothes off, put them in the washer, got in the shower. This is like 
five, eight, They got in his bed and snuggled with his cat. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. I don't even know who it was. Like, I couldn't even look at it. The guy was pissed at me. Other people would react like, you son of a bitch, or whatever. But I was like, yeah, I think I would hit a person pissing on me myself. He, 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 would, he went like, oh, like, I That's just lost you it. You <laughs> take I... a shit on him. That's the Chicago yeah, way. Exactly. You one up him, absolutely. <laughs> they pull a knife, you pull a gun. This idea, you shit on him. It was just, uh, I was not prepared for this situation. I was not prepared for this situation. Or you piss on their head if they're pissing on your feet. <laughs> so when did this pissing incident take place? How long ago was it? Like eight, ten years ago. Really? Yeah. We've never heard this before. That's when I had these shoes. Wow. These stupid shoes, but man, they were Wait so Wait a minute, that means you had Velcro shoes eight to ten years ago. Yeah, yeah, I did. It was, they were so comfortable. When it was, this was back before casual. It was a long time ago. And you can make noise with it. <laughs> I was wearing suits. Suits <laughs> <laughs> and your Velcro Well, you know, suits, I mean, ties, shirts and ties yeah. and stuff. And your Velcro suits. And you didn't get beat up a lot, eh? <laughs> yeah, my career kind of stopped at that point. <laughs> I got pissed on. That's the end of the Velcro shoes. I don't know. I mean, I had them a little bit. Like, these are comfortable. Where the hell did you? Like, she bought them for me. Well, she got some convalescent shoes. Whoa, that my, uh, you just mentioned. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> said she. No, oh, did I really? Because the hair on the back of my neck stood up. <laughs> got stuck in the podcast. All right, boys. Doctor. See you guys. Oh, God. There's some more. Oh, God. Let the party begin. Fucking Yankee Blowfest. All right, boys. All right, I'll talk to you about next week. It's not good. See you guys. Right, we'll see you. <laughs> That's the level on that. That's the signal That's to the start. the foghorn to start the show. <laughs> oh, man, I'm, like, getting stuffed. <laughs> the year's 2009. It's the 4th of November. November. Didn't you just check your phone for the date? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at my phone and I thought, well, I'm here. I might as well see what the date is. Oh, <laughs> I, I had no idea. In your waist away on the North Coast with Amigo Shimo. And Mike. And Mickey. And once again, nobody else. Nobody else. Well, they all Just left. Us. Yeah, Scott was here, HUD was here, but they, they can't stick it out. Scott was so eager to get the ball rolling, and then he leaves. He took that window of opportunity because HUD was leaving too, so slipped out. And you, so know, you know what they say about guys, they have to leave together. Yeah. Women have to go to the restroom together. Guys have to leave together. That's the way it is. That's the title of my new relationship book. <laughs> That's a long title. Yeah. Well, they, they are. It's the subtitle. Yeah, the subtitle. Take the whole front of the book. No, it's the subtitle. They're, subtitles are always ridiculously long. That's almost the same note as Joe's uh, nose blow. <laughs> it kind of was. A little higher. Should we compare them? It's pretty close. Hey, through the magic... Again? Through the magic of recording technology, let's compare those two sounds. It's a little, little bit deeper. I was figuring I'd just use my previous blow. <laughs> you want to do it again. again. Yeah. Schmo conveniently on cue did, did another one for us. What's going on, guys? We're waiting for more noises from you. The cantina's moved. Where yeah. we podcasted before, in which we will soon. Cantina but in a new location. Yeah, Cantina Dose. 
Cashmo was evicted from his house. Yeah. And uh, he act- had to actually move someplace else. I don't think... wild parties. Yeah, I don't think that came up at all in the last episode, so... No. You have to explain. So I'm pretty much moved. I'm just, I'm just going to say I'm, I've moved Bub less than a half a mile away. So the, can- the cantina, it's going to be better. It's going to be good. It's going to be legendary. <laughs> it is. It's going to be awesome. It's a new cantina awesomeness. So yeah, we'll have to break it in with yeah, the podcast soon. Or sometime soon. Has <laughs> anybody else moved? Yeah, I was sitting over there. Before <laughs> yeah, the I've been pretty much here the whole evening. <laughs> and I need to, so I need to have like a cantina warming just to fill up the fridge with beer. Some tequila because I've been uh, I'm down to one last bottle of tequila. Except for that bottle over there and the other bottle in the cupboard. You're almost Seriously? out of tequila. <laughs> My latest one is at L what is it? L El Himador. Himador. It's like, yeah. El Himador. And it's pretty good. It's actually, did you get the uh, Respondo? I did. I got a Respondo. It's no, cheaper it's, than the, the Special. It's the, the uh, traditional. It's, it's a little bit cheaper. Yeah, not a Special. That's the cheap <laughs> That's the crap. Yeah. No, I know. It's but cheap. it's good. Yeah, I wasn't around to help out with the move. Yeah, Mike, Mike went well. all the way to Champaign, Illinois. I went to Champaign, Illinois to watch... You now get their butts kicked. Oh, it was horrible display. But it was a good trip. How long a drive is that? It's like six hours. Five, six, six hours, yeah. Was it? I thought it was a bit more like eight. No, no, it's like, it's like five and a half. But we, wow, so it's like, it's kind of like going to Chicago. A little bit longer. It's further, but we stopped. We did, of course, steak and shake. Did you steak and shake the same, same one, sir? Um, no, it was a different one. Because it seems like we stop at a different one every time. It's weird. They're all different. <laughs> they don't have steak shake by me. So I always get it when yeah. I go. So we did that on the way there and we just hit Wendy's on the way back. Oh, and then Brian forgot the camera. He left the camera in the hotel. Uh-oh. So we left it and we're like an hour away. He said, where's the camera? No. I said, you, Brian. So uh, he, I made him call the hotel and they found it sure enough it was in the room left, oh like on the night oh you mean after you came home yeah we left oh, we, I thought we left the camera in the room so uh, I had to arrange to have it shipped back we, we just got it back today so. mm. video or just no the regular digital still camera uh, they don't have Why that you yeah, sure they, yeah. no it's the first news story well, what is the gossip? What is the story, yeah. What's the gossip from the coast? Stop teasing us. Well, speaking of tequila, Justin Timberlake has signed a deal with Live Nation to make his 901 tequila the official tequila sponsor at clubs, arenas, and amphitheaters across the country. It's the first time Live Nation has entered into this sort of deal for something as specific as tequila, and it's possible it could lead to more business between Timberlake and Live Nation. I mention this I don't because... Think that's a good thing. Because Jimmy Buffett is part of Live Nation. So, how come his tequila didn't get picked? Yeah. And what happens now when Buffett plays and they only serve 901? Is that his tequila? Yeah. Do we have to try this tequila? Maybe they're going to uh, have uh, the official rum of Live Nation <laughs> when Margaritaville rum comes out. Rum. Oh. Saucy. So I guess we'll have to try that stupid 901. I know. And it's stupid name. I don't know if I've seen it. You guys have 901? 
It's just one. It's, it's actually it's actually nine hundred and one. <laughs> There's also a story out of Myrtle Beach where the mayor is trying to Mayor John Rhodes is trying to talk Jimmy Buffett into performing in May for what they hope will be Parenthead Week. So what are the chances this will be a reality? Mayor John Rhodes says he's been working on it for the past few months, and so far so good. Jimmy Buffett does what Jimmy Buffett wants to do. And in case you're wondering if Mayor Rhodes is a Parrothead himself. <laughs> well, n- not really. I mean, I haven't joined a Parrothead club, but I'm sure if we can get Jimmy Buffett to Myrtle Beach, I definitely will sign up. And Mayor Rhodes says this could bring millions of dollars to the Grand Strand. That's because this Margaritaville is one of the most successful chains along the East Coast. We'll have to wait till May. It's not like Cheeseburger in Paradise or anything. This is ours goes on. I mean, Cheeseburger Caseville. Yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> oh, okay. So I have to wait till May to see uh, if the mayor was successful and Jimmy Buffett does perform All right, in we'll- Myrtle Beach. We'll keep following that story for the start of Parrothead Week. I guess it's also Harley Davidson Week that same week, so Ooh, hopefully they'll be able to play nice together. Yeah, you never what know. a mixture that is! Wow, there's gonna be some. Tell isn't it some uh, the big thing in Key West this this week? Yeah, meeting fact. of the minds. Yeah, something. meeting of the minds, which I know nothing about, so that's why I'm not. I don't know how to bring it up in it. It's well, a, it's, a, it's just it's a meeting of the minds. It's a fan event, but I guess Club Trini's going to be there, and there's going to be some other Buffety-type artists there, but Jimmy never officially endorses this or appears, so... No, but people, you know, like Tina and everything Yeah, else, yeah. Sure. Club Trini. And Jackson quickly has mentioned this in his book, Meeting of the Minds. I think in his book or in his writings. Something. So, that's, that's a big deal. I, it's been going on for a while. You know, we've never made it down there, but... Been, it's been going on for a while and getting bigger every year, I suppose. Kind of cool. And yeah, this week, in fact. Where is it exactly, did we say? Right in Key West. Big Key West, okay. Yeah, Buffalo World has a story about uh, joystick.com, a gaming website, has discovered there's been a trademark filing which permits Margaritaville to be used for video game software purposes. And if you go to the actual... Uh, site listing. It shows that uh, they want it to be used for interactive game software, computer game software, electronic game programs, downloadable interactive computer, video, and electronic game programs, computer application software for mobile phones, electric game software for wireless devices. So there might be a little Margaritaville game coming to your phone or PC soon. And Joystick.com goes on to come up with their uh, their a humorous look at what the the uh, trademark filing could be used for. A near endless RPG called The Quest for the Last Shaker of Salt. A sailing Which we've talked about many exactly. years ago. Exactly. I tried to I tried to write a board game. Yeah. <laughs> we were actually we talked about uh, yeah, turning no, it into seen, a video game. This is like ten, twelve. I wanted, your notes I wanted to turn it into a board it. game. There were gonna be I don't know cards yeah. and your your player piece will get stuck stranded on a sandbar for lose one turn because yep. you're stranded on a sandbar. Yeah, yeah. We we put some thought into this. Yeah. But it was gonna be like a trivia trivia game. But instead of collecting little pie wedges you were gonna collect um, stuff that referenced a, a margarita, and eventually you were, they had, the last thing the would pr- be the chicken salt, and then you win. 
Uh, they also suggest a sailing simulator called Son of a Son of a Sailing Simulator. A smooth rhythm game, which they say is sadly what it will probably be. And, finally, a smooth rhythm game slash sailing simulator, which actually might be kind of magical. That's their, that means. their top four <laughs> list of, of uh, uses for the trademark well, filing. We should come up with some ourselves. Besides the fact that you guys already no, that was just back years and years ago. This is like uh, and then and then when video games started, yeah, we came up with the idea of uh, I think it was like Monkey Island was what got us thinking about turning it into a video game, and it was going to be a parrot would fly on screen and guide you from from island yeah, to island. Yes, that's Excuse right. Me. We had these grand <laughs> visions of what it could, what it could have been. It would be you'd be island hopping, to, and each island would have a little, uh, you know, puzzle or quest or something yes. that you have to solve, and then that would lead you to the the parrot would show up and then lead you to the next island. Yeah, I was still living in Dearborn Heights at the time. Yes, <laughs> I, I remember this. Yeah. I think it got as far as designing or coloring in the board game. <laughs> And cutting the cards to size for the actual questions, and that was it. I think I might even still have them someplace yeah, in a look, box. Yeah, I, know, I think I saw this. We all talked about this because I think one time Hud goes, "I'm surprised you guys haven't come up with a game for a Jimmy Buffett game." And then you went, "Oh, we we did." <laughs> yeah, there were a couple of things that a couple of things along the way that uh, we mentioned on the Twitter page, and if you want, you can follow us at twitter.com/slash/waotnc. One of the stories was Jimmy Buffett and Jerry Jeff Walker are mentioned in Kinky Friedman's new book, Kinky's Celebrity Pet Files. So you can learn all about Jimmy the Animal Lover in Kinky Friedman's new book. And my final news story is it's time for the final concert roundup of the summer tour of summer school. And it's the second show from Bristol, Virginia, and it goes something like this. Good evening, everyone. This is Jimmy here backstage. This is Mike here at the Nissan Pavilion, Manassas, Virginia. No, Bristow. Oh, we're in sorry. Bristow, Virginia. Bristow, Virginia. I don't want people to email in and correct your geography. But it looks like a big crowd out there, Mr. Mike. Well, this is the final day, Jimmy, of the summer, summer tour. tour. And where do we go next? I'm supposed to ask the questions tonight because you asked the questions that's on Thursday. That's right, that's right. So, so stop asking questions oh. and answer my questions. Okay, I have a question for you. Um, what is your inspiration for the music that we're now doing in front of Gypsies in the Palace, your poetry music? Poetry music comes from deep within. Deep within. Now, there is an honest answer to a really silly question. You and know. Well, Mac McAnally coming right, by. Hey, it's Mac McAnally. Hey. How was that, that, how was that gig last, last night, night? Yeah, Falls Mac? Church? That gig was outstanding. Please let me talk, guys. I've got a lot to say. I had a really good time at Falls Church, Virginia last night with about 500 people who somehow or other came to the same building where I was going to be. Amazing. You know, you have a hell of a network. You went into, uh, what, what is that term, uh, when you have a successful evening performing? We, we call it percentage. I think somebody put an ad in the paper and said they were giving away government cheese, but I'm really glad the crowd came. <laughs> or for whatever reason, they were there. No, we it was, it was free ourselves. dental care. Dental I saw care. it. Oh, free oh, dental care and a concert. That, that's going to be my ad from now on. All right. Can you see free dental care? I'm coming to No, we can get, we get our dentist friend from Chincoteague, and he can oh, come out yeah. and he could do teeth. 
and show. He does teeth. I sing. It's my job. It's sort of a package. Got it. We can. We'll work seminar. on that we'll for next it. summer's tour. I'm pumping it up. It's ready. All right. So we'll see you in Paris. So then yeah. after that, oh yeah, Paris, and then we have some mystery gigs coming up. Stay tuned for the mystery gigs. Oh yeah. And then uh, they haven't been announced yet. No, they hadn't. Yeah. But I know where we're going. <laughs> you do? Gonna, yeah, I do. Will you fill us in? Yeah, I'll let you know pretty soon. <laughs> okay. Anyway, thanks to everybody for listening. Thanks to Rodney for being here and all of our great uh, DJs at Radio Margaretville and people who make it all happen. And uh, I must say, at the end of the, I listened like going home the other night to the instant replay. Oh, how, how did it, it sound? It sounds really good. Well, that's we have made strides. Rodney, thank you so much. Because this was where we broadcast for the first time, correct? correct. When you were in the fourth grade. Exactly. Yes. Right. Okay. <laughs> how many years? Eight? Nine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 14. Whoa. Whoa, what happened? And you were just a salesman in Chicago. Wasn't, wasn't that how you met? No, he was. Uh, he, he came to my room to help me with my computer. Ah, okay. And then I had him go to two gigs, right, in Milwaukee. And he went back to his job, and they fired him. Uh, I didn't know that. That's and a I nice went, story. And I went, watch this. You're working for me. Oh, okay. Na, 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 nice. na, na, na. That's good. That's good. So what was uh -huh. the guy's name who fired you? Dave? Dave. Hey, Dave. <laughs> Eat your heart out. Uh, <laughs> All right, we're going. <laughs> Call me. <laughs> Kathy. Well, why are you giving that to me? It's 5 o'clock. That's why. Okay. I told you it's the last show. Anything can happen, right? What time is it? I don't know. Oh, no. five. Five, five. It's five o'clock. <clears throat> oh, you're so clever. Okay. So, uh, this is Labor Day, but we are here to make sure that though summer school may end this evening, summer will last until, what was it, Professor of Meteorology? November the 19th, I called it, right? Ooh, I think it's a little bit. What? But there's a little later than that. You think it was a little later than that? Mr. Utley thinks it's a little later. Okay, December the 16th. That sounds good. That sounds good. Summer till then. All right, so this song is going to keep it there. I promise you, I promise you. And if not, I will not seek a sixth term. I won't. And if I don't die by Saturday, I'll be rolling till Labor Day night. I used to do this song back when it was just me and the imaginary Coral Reefer band, so now that I got the real one, so we're going we're gonna to go back right now. And uh, this, this, was, uh, this is kind of the uh, 60s version of what the town hall meetings have become these days, right? So let's go. Guns and violence and things like that. I got it. Well, it's not castles in the sand, but it'll have to do, you know? But before we go surfing, we have to go to poetry class at summer school, because Mike Utley always makes us go to poetry class. He's a poet, you know? Where does that music you're playing come from? Please tell us, include us all in your thoughts. The Intersoul. 
What? The inner soul. The inner soul. <laughs> Why don't you just funk it up a little bit over there for me? Because I don't like that inner soul shit. Better. Look, Mac, a pirate beach ball. What does it all mean? Well, there's some pirates on here from Bristow, Virginia, right there. Jimmy, you rock. Thanks. Okay. We're trying to rock y'all out of there tonight. We have a little pirate song for this little pirate beach ball. But I gotta stop wishing. I gotta go fishing. I'm down to rock bottom again with just a few friends. Just a few friends. Always great to see our friends when we come to town. through it all if after four years not having a CD all of a sudden you have a deadline which means they only have the studio for so long well, it's that it's that they had the strike while the iron was hot I guess with um, he had success with that Kenny Chesney collaboration yeah so exactly they wanted to get something out there yeah while it was still fresh which was back where I come from is yeah. that the song so that was the deal they had to hurry up and get it out there while it's fresh in everybody's minds and try to take advantage of that so that's that's why they wanted the gun he cut he said the, all the vocals on one day yeah. I didn't catch that when did he say that that this part that the vocals was, was near the end yeah. but right before the first song he talked about the deadline and then they kept joking about it later yeah 
Because mm-hmm. later on, he also mentions Willis Allen Ramsey. Yeah. Yep. Because and not in a Buffett it. context. And he said it's one of his one of his favorite quotes in the music industry when, after eight years, Shelter Records or whatever went to Willis Allen Ramsey. He said, uh, "When do you think we expect the second album?" He said, "What was wrong with the first? So, and he still hasn't recorded a second album. But they did bring it around Buffett way because they uh, he mentioned a couple songs that they that Buffett's recorded from that album. Yeah, immediately. Uh, who was the host of this? Was it Huntington? Or? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, he mentioned that right with Spider John and Northeast Texas. Moon. Yeah, I want to say West Texas Moon, <laughs> Northeast <laughs> Texas Moon. So they did bring it back around. And of course, that is the album with Muskrat Love on it. So anyway, that was mentioned. So all the, he mentioned the deadline all the way through interviewing. And it must have been, do you think this was like done before a show? Didn't Jimmy make an appearance? Oh, yeah, it's definitely done backstage. You can hear the wind blowing while they're oh, talking. Oh, okay. You hear people laughing and stuff in the background. Yeah. So I, I think Jimmy interrupted at one point. And he said, it's Jimmy from Florida. And I thought that was a joke, yeah, at one point. Yeah, that's the joke. Like a couple of weeks ago, that uh, that came up in one of the backstage chats. Oh, okay. So obviously this was recorded kind of recently. And it was definitely recorded outdoors and oh. definitely recorded backstage. And But I thought he was really engaging. And he, was, he, he had a... I mean, he was able to talk about every song. Yeah, he had... The good story yeah, behind was, everything. And he had a grasp of his own work. Yeah. No, no, I know. Yeah. No, but he was. Uh, he was. Like he spoke more, better he, than you. Is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah. So anyway, so, the beginning, he did mention there there was a deadline, and they put this together, and they mentioned, I think, up front that it was an eclectic. Not what all the songs sounded the same. He didn't he, do it with the band all the way through. He mentioned that it was band. eclectic, and it definitely is, right? Yeah. He mentioned a few times during, and uh, and also he did mention that he writes songs that he pitches. For, I mean, it's his yeah, job. That but then he, he writes for himself. But then some of these songs seem to be songs that he was planning on pitching, and he ended up making it himself. And, and that's how he does. He winds up taking so long between albums because he winds up working on other people's songs before he does his own stuff. Yeah, he says the priorities. He didn't say it's where the money is. No, no, no. He didn't say that. I was waiting for him to say that just because he seemed so honest through everything else. But he's like, that's just his nature is to help. He said, he's first. like from a family of farmers. He yeah. said, right? You do yeah. what you think you're supposed to do first, then do your own stuff. Yeah. So he went right into blame it on New Orleans, yeah. which sounded to me like it was a Jimmy Buffett, one of those throwaway cuts on a Buffett album. I mean, one of those, uh, though it didn't sound like a Mac song. No, it didn't. It was okay, but it, geez, I just felt like it was a Buffett song the whole time. It sounded, I thought, this is one, the one that sounded like a Randy Newman song. It almost sounded like he was singing it, too. <laughs> it was weird. What do you think, Nick? I thought he was trying to channel uh, Dr. John, but Randy Newman kind of works, too. Yeah. It was a good song. It's a good song. I like the, uh, the use of real live horns for it. He said, yeah, being from... Where where is he from? Is is he from Mississippi? Yep. Originally, but I think but he's been living in, uh, in Nashville. Nashville now. Now. 
but he, they, they always blamed it. They blamed things on New Orleans, so he tried to blame good things on New Orleans in the songs. Yeah, good track. Yeah, it was okay. I just thought it sounded like a Buffett song, but like those Buffett songs that are not really Buffety. That Buffett songs that sound like Mac songs. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't sound like a Mac song. I mean, if I can pinpoint what a Mac song sounds like after this album, I can't. Yeah, that's true. It's all over the place. Which is, I think, like this next song, with "Down by the River." Isn't that the one that he said is like? Is that the honky tonk one? Or no. The, no, no, that's the. It's like a gospel type thing. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's really gospel That's a word. But it, it's not like a slow gospel song. No, no, it's like it's a revival. Really a, yeah, exactly. It's really fast-paced. Yeah, right. Down by the river. Ooh, Mike Sainz. Mike Sainz. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we have a new ringtone. Ringtone. <laughs> no, I was no. going to say. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I thought I was No, I was going to move on. Go Track ahead. three is If You Hang Around Long Enough. And that's the honky tonk one. Yeah. And is isn't this like co-written with Jeff or Hannah from Knitting Ready Dirt Band or something? Because he said if anybody knows about hanging around long enough. I like this song. I thought it was really good. It's done well. Sounded good. It's one of the standouts for me. Yeah. No, I like it. I enjoy it. I like the next song. I thought the next song was a standout, or at least it's my standout. I cannot. I have no recollection of this song. It was the one that had the the organ. He was talking about the gospel, the gospel organ, like his mom used to play. Oh, is this mm-hmm. the one? Okay, yeah, okay. Yep. I relate that song, and there's a great lyric in it, and I wanted to make note of it, and I didn't because I was in the car. <laughs> and, yeah. But there's one really great line in it. Well, at least one really great line. In it. Yeah, it's a good song. Nothing Like a Sunny Day is the next song, and I, I'd heard a lot about this before the album came out, because everybody was talking about how it's going to be like a Buffett song, and I guess I could see it, but I don't know if it would be a very successful Buffett song. I think it would. I, the only problem is, it's uh, they also put it on Elo's album. Yeah. So there's no way Buffett's going to also record it. It's already been on this one on Elo's, and I think that's it. Unfortunately, because it is a really good song, I like it, and they've been playing it on Radio Margaritaville. Oh, they oh, have. Really? Oh, mm-hmm. I haven't heard it. Yep, they've been playing this and blame it on New Orleans. And I heard, in fact, I heard the Elo version the other day, just part of it, and it sounds very similar. But when I hear the title, isn't doesn't Bruce Springsteen have a yeah, title? Yeah, very of much. Wait, so. not a sunny day. Very oh, much. So I, so I keep hearing that. I, I keep hearing that too. Do <laughs> do. <laughs> <laughs> Which is Joe Madge's idea Nothing of, like a song. of a Buffett song. Yeah, that's right. But it is a good song. I like it. And it could be a Buffett song, but I don't think he'll ever do it. Listen to that, dear listeners. I can hear that that's from my, here. That's my laugh wow. shark. Holy cow. Just with the line. It's all... Yeah. It's fizzy. Or it's poisoned. Yes, that's supposed to be happening. <laughs> Boy, she put lots of limes. I guess, what, are they running out of limes or something? I've never <laughs> seen a more than bad. one lime each. They're going bad. We can take a break for a second, because I forget later, and I don't know if anybody gives a shit, but I had this half and half, and I put it on my I'll coffee. I'll take a pizza break. And I, I said this on Facebook, that it would never, it would never be one with the coffee. It just turned the color of the coffee. It was like pieces of white specks were all over my coffee and I'd stir mm-hmm. it it would kind of go beige and then make a film at the top 
Oh, nasty. and it wouldn't go in my coffee yet. I kept drinking it for. Oh. I kept using it every morning because that's all I had. It didn't like didn't smell bad or anything. I'm like, what's wrong with this? And then, and then I even put on Facebook. This was right before I moved. I'm like, I, I got this. Do I have funky half and half? Is the laws of physics changed? What the hell's going on? And then, uh, but of course, you got people like saying, uh, you know. Or do not drink that anymore and all this stuff. And uh, then Friday they recall the budget half and half <laughs> and other products. So I don't even know what kind it was. I had just finished it. I went through like a whole week and finished the little carton. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't drink it. <laughs> I can't drink. Yeah, I know. And they said something like you accidentally had they accidentally had like soy half and half or something. In regular half and half or something, and some people could actually be allergic to oh. it. Huh. And I'm wondering, the soy not desire, you know. And then I bought some new, you know. I went and got Target brand <laughs> half and half, and I just put it in the coffee, and it turns nice and beige. <laughs> For like ten days, I had this weird. So I thought I, I don't know why oh, this thing reminded me of some funky thing going on. I kept eating it. People were worried. There's my dairy story. Now back to the second side of the album. <laughs> the middle of this, I don't remember much because I've been... Oh, the over and out, the over and out. Yeah. Yeah, that's the, the thing he talked about. He wrote it about uh, cops and, like, CB radios and stuff. It's the whole Roger this and over and out and radio lingo. I don't remember this. It's, uh... I didn't care for it that much. I didn't think it was that great. Yeah. I must not have liked it too much either if I have to skip collection again. Yeah, not a, not a standout. Yeah, it's the weak middle section of the album. The next song is kind of like that too. Well, the next song... I remember this one because of... I remember this yeah. one because it's kind of... It's a corny country song, right? I mean, it's that... Well, it's a touching that's supposed to be that, that touching. That melodramatic, yeah. yeah. Each verse goes through a... Yeah. Steps up kids time. and now you go to war yeah. I think and then I think it's just the guy's oh, wife sorry. dies before him or something yeah. crap I just insulted the wrong song no it's this is a good it's a good song but it's one of those that it's it's really melodramatic and I don't know if I want to hear it every time you gotta be in a mood to hear it you know because it's kind of depressing in a little bit I, I really misheard it the first time and I was I was trying to figure out what the lyrics meant and then when I listened to it just today, it's like, oh, okay, now I understand the whole thing about you go first. Because mm-hmm. um, I'm thinking, how is that a hero when you're telling somebody else to go first? That's like the line in Serenity where uh, where Zoe holds the gun on the guy and says, you know what the definition of a hero? Somebody who gets other people killed. And that's, that fit the line. I'm thinking, I don't think that's the point he's trying to make. Then I realized, oh, okay, it's an evac situation yeah. and he's letting other people the other go, first. go first. Yeah. But then when he brings the brings it around at the end to the final lyric, you know, the mark of a hero is when you say you first. It doesn't work when you say you first. It only works only in that, that condition. It only works in that situation. Right. So it's like yeah. you really needed to, to give that, that last line uh, you know, another run through. I know what he meant. But it just doesn't. And this is like a song that's written that he should be pitching, and someone should put it on their album. Oh, this could be a big, you know, if it, one of those, the new uh, American Idol country person, or uh, you know, a Rascal exactly. Flats, or somebody like that, you know. Exactly. 
they it, be huge. it might not be there. I don't know. It might not be huge, but it would be on their album. You know. Yeah. So that was kind of almost cliche. No, I think but it he could did be say huge because it's it references the military and everything, and that, that. Yeah, that's true. So uh, good this, song. Not gonna listen to it a lot though. This song is the one that I meant when I was saying that it's the the weak middle section. You know, over and out and unresolved. Unresolved. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, it wasn't a great song. That. No. And he wrote that. He said. For a woman singer or something. Yeah, he, he, he had vision singer. a woman singing. That must be weird to have a job like that. He, you know, he. Yeah, but then I heard that it doesn't sound like it'd be a woman singing it. <laughs> well, because it was Max's voice. It was Max's voice, but even the lyrics didn't sound like it'd come good no. from a woman. Well, maybe he turned them around. And he said it. He found out after it was he, his. This was more interesting. Him talking about the song than the song itself. Yeah, and he was talking about how. He wrote it thinking he was going to pitch this as a song he wasn't ready for himself, but then after he went back to it and played it, and he kind of saw things he was going through at the time in a divorce, so it kind of, I was listening to this part, but the song itself was kind of disappointing to me. Yeah. I was like all pumped to hear this song about <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, he built it up pretty good. I thought it was going to be awesome. When does he call her a bitch? Where does he get that part? No, I should say it. But I, I did like how he was talking about it, how he wrote a song. That, it must be weird. You write a song, it's your job. You, you think you're going to pitch it to other people, and then you go back to it and see that I must have been going through some things here. He said he likes to fix everything, but some things you can't fix, and then the song happened. Next track? Bound to Get Down. That's the, uh, it sounded to me like a ZZ Top song. Yeah, that was the one where he... Uh, Pushed his voice. Yeah, he pushed. He was the last song he did saying that day, and he was using a. He called it a. It sounds like that blues yeah. a microphone. It's a, one for a harmonic. Yeah. Okay. And he plays it through a guitar amp, so the microphone plays through a guitar amp and records from that, and you can tell it's real. He called it a bullet mic. Yeah. For harmonica. And and I'm wondering if this is what I've seen like Jackie Green when I saw him in shows he had like a second microphone. Yeah. And some songs he sang into that and it was this weird looking. That must have been it. Yeah. Takes like a lot of the bass out and it's a higher thinner sound. And I know Bruce since we're talking about Springsteen lately, he's been experimenting with that microphones last couple albums. But it wasn't a bad song. I, it was okay. I wasn't too charged up and it did sound very ZZ Topish, but sorry. Yeah, it's, it's okay. I can take it or leave it. Yeah, I feel the same way. I thought it was basically just the title. He came up with the title and I had to come up with a song to support it. Yeah. Which leads to the next track. <laughs> <laughs> Big disappointment. Uh, that pretty much says it all for me. I wasn't too happy with this. No. Track. I like I like the way he described it, but the song they played after didn't really seem to fit what he was saying. I didn't, it, yeah, I didn't get it. If, if even with him setting it up that way, if he didn't set it up, I'd really be confused. But you hear the song, it's just like it's well, yeah. Well, he was saying, however, you know, you build things up, you feel like you need something, and then when you get it. It, it doesn't live up to your expectations, which is great. I mean, I, I go through that oh, every yeah. day. Every day I check my Amazon wish list. I go through that. I need this. This looks so cool. And I, I waste my money on it. It shows up. It's like, oh, okay, I got it. And toss it into the pile. And then wait for something else. But when, he, when they actually played the song, 
it just sounds like a guy who who just can't get satisfied because right. everything he sings about is just so wonderful. Yeah. I won yeah. the World Series. I won the Super Bowl. He won, won the lottery. lottery. Yeah, he won the lottery. That's what I forgot about the kids. A kid at Christmas. Yeah, and then and then it was the a song, big disappointment. The yeah. song just makes him a dick. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I was saying he was like a whiner, but no, you're right. It's like. Uh, I won the lottery, and I'm not going to go into it and tell you the whole story, but it was a big disappointment. Like, what's yeah. the story? There's a song right there. What do you mean? How so I, I really like the description. It's it's When he's talking about it, it's like, oh, my God, this could be my yeah, theme song. On the song. And then he plays it, and it's like, well, no. It, it's too grand. This, this is just a guy who can't get satisfied. Yeah. He just he just sees the, the bad thing, the bad in everything. Yeah. It's just that, I mean, he's, he's never satisfied. Can't right. get no you satisfaction. They <laughs> should write a song like that. <laughs> and and I've been all positive, try to be positive lately, not negative. And this song was all negative. Even though it could have been positive. So it harsh your mellow. about the... <laughs> so. I don't think I described that very well. What? Harsh his mellow? No, what I was saying. <laughs> what did you get? Coconut Santa for my friend. Oh, you got a coconut Santa. Sugar free. Just now, you got it. My friend gave me for Christmas already. <laughs> and I, last week I had two chocolate marshmallow pumpkins to get me. <laughs> feel free, any of you guys. Want to <laughs> She's dropping in. Santa, I know, jeez. You know? <laughs> I feel bad. I don't really have anything. <laughs> you know, I, I got some read between the lines. Look, you guys missed Halloween. Yeah, I know. Get, okay, get, get it together for Christmas. <laughs> That's true. We did. Fried steak. <laughs> <laughs> Good timing. <laughs> so it's all. It's fair to so say. So this song that was a big disappointment. <laughs> I had such high hopes. Yeah. Nick had such yeah. High. yeah. That's why. That's, that's why it's the great. best song on the album because it's meta. <laughs> the song itself is a big disappointment. <laughs> He, he, uh, he was going for that. Yes. Yep. That was all part of the plan. <laughs> so then the last track. Yep. Track 11. I thought there were 12, but there were 11. Until then. Now this is the one that he said he really likes it because it reminded him of something he would have done back in the 70s. Marijuana. <laughs> Perhaps. But um, I don't know. I didn't care for it too much. No, oh, yeah. This was unmemorable. I liked it. It's a nice way to end the album. Yeah, but he did talk about how important it was to him to end the album, certainly, because it won't be another four years before there's another one. <laughs> so, you know, and it was cool to him for him to talk about the, the the orders of the song kind of thing. But it's such an eclectic album. Not that that's a bad thing. I like that it's eclectic. I do, but there are some big disappointments in here. Well, at least one. Don't. <laughs> I I don't mind all the different songs, but it's like an iTunes album. It's not a, you know. Yeah, that's the one thing after listening to it. He really, I don't know if it was by design, but this is like the perfect iTunes album because it's everybody's saying how people just pick and choose their song. This CD is made for that. Every song is different, which is great for iTunes, but it might. It might uh, backfire on people like me who like to buy albums. This just doesn't feel cohesive. It really feels like a bunch of, of disparate songs, especially his vocals change from song to song. Yeah, high and low. And... <laughs> 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 
No, it doesn't even sound like you have a couple songs. <laughs> That's good. It's not a monotone, everybody. It's high as It's medium. <laughs> he sings things. I don't know. But it, it is, it is kind of cool soggy. the way... <laughs> the way he uh, the way he it. like takes on different characters and has a different, he changes his voice from song to song. Yep, it is pretty cool. Yeah, oh, I got a kick out of that. That's yeah, it's a collection of, like an yeah, he's album. Got, really he's got like a he's got like a different kind when he's singing a song about the South. He he lets his southern twang come through. When he's singing a rock song, he's got that great rock and roll voice going, and a blues song, he's got a blues sounding voice. It's pretty cool. So he's playing characters. Oh, wow. <laughs> hey, she's getting down. Yes, I'm multi-talented. <laughs> anybody for limbo? Anybody for a landscape? Landscape. Actually, no. <laughs> I'm done landscaping for the night. <laughs> so we're done. We wrapped up the whole uh, record. Yes, we did. Final thoughts? Apart from what I was just saying. Um... I don't know, I like it. There's some there's some good stuff on here. And I could see these are definitely some songs other artists could pick up. Yeah, we should see some of these songs show up again. I liked a few of the songs. He, he, he's talented. Uh, it's funny how he hasn't gone... gets to being the songwriter guy or something. Yeah, he's respected. I think he plays industry. a decent guitar. Yeah, he's good he's, Yeah, he's respected. It's weird. Sometimes it's just your lot in life, I guess. Well, he got Songwriter of the Year last year, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And he's a good singer. I mean, you know, what's... I don't know if he's gained a lot of attention. He's nobody on his know. guitar strap. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to break into my regular rotation. I mean, there are a couple songs I, I enjoy. Are you going to buy it? Um, I don't know. I might do the I might do the iTunes thing and just pick up a couple that I like. I don't know. I know. Waiting on a sunny day, or I might get that. <laughs> I want to get the downbound train to get down. <laughs> Whatever the train again. Hang around long enough. That was good. <laughs> even he's even got the river in there. So what else? Tell us a joke, Schmoe. Yeah, I have a joke. I, we did. I told you that, that made-up story about being pissed at. Good joke. I can't believe I've never told you guys that. I don't remember hearing that. I tried to I black. I think I remember and that. That's the meaning of Top the word that, peon. It's exactly the meaning of peon. I, beca- I really was a peon. A lot of people say they got pissed on at work. Schmo actually got it pissed really off. <clears throat> oh, seriously, it was horrible. <laughs> it was. I just couldn't wait to get home. I threw the shoes away. Yeah, what are you gonna do? I mean, you can't. You're not gonna like. Throw it's one of those things. I mean, seriously, yeah. I go down to the washer and just take out the clothes and whatever I had. I like throwing the clothes away too. To be honest, I would just feel weird about it from then on. Even uh, after I washed them. It was horrible. You'd tear out the accelerator in your car <laughs> and break it. <laughs> Wash well, every step away immediately. <laughs> not, even wa- not even wear them home. Just go home with the socks on or something. Yeah, I just, I wasn't thinking straight. Really, I couldn't do any more work. I mean, I left the I bathroom with them. Just throw them in the bathroom. <laughs> throw them at the guy. 
Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, it was like did I didn't want to confront him. No, I never even looked him in the eye. I said oh, this. Oh, man. I don't know who it was. He pissed, pissed on me. What's going on? You take your shoes off, you rub them in his nose and go, bad employee, <laughs> bad co-worker. You could take his shoes, except he probably pissed on his own shoes, too. All these things are fine now, but at the time <laughs> I was I was just like, oh, my God, I, I pissed on you. I can't believe that. It. It's like I was violated. Maybe was he just, just saw Wolf. Jack and he and now him he's telling the story to his podcast about how uh, he once well, he's not telling the story he he those years finally says you know and I lost control of my penis and I started pissing all over the place and I think I pissed on this guy next to me and he didn't say a word I think he enjoyed it <laughs> I don't know he was like he didn't want to you know it was like he went like oh and then also you could hear the sound back in the urinal. It wasn't just for a little bit. It was like a long time. He actually said, "Oh, yeah," like he, so he like he, it. like like an oh, like uh He acknowledged it in, in some manner, verbally, that he was pissing all over the wall. He didn't say sorry, dude. Well, that, he 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 would not he would not necessarily know he pissed on me because it came down the wall and dripped. It was so much dripping. <laughs> I'm like, shoot, shoot. So how far away was he from the urinal? Well, they, they're pretty close, and they have that wall. But, you know, that that little wall that's like a like a bathroom stall wall, even material. And, and, yeah, but it, it, I've studied this over the years. And the, uh, he has flashbacks <laughs> from the bathroom. You know, oh, there's yeah. a brace that holds it. It's really like heavy-duty hardware that's holding the wall on. Well, there's a gap. Like this much between the wall, the real wall, and the stall wall. So he's pissing. It's going in the corner, and the wetness is coming into the tile in front of me. And it's and he's all over the side of the wall, and it's dripping down. And then it, there's a delay, and now it's dripping all over my foot because of my foot thing. So he just you know he just started taking a piss, and it was just going crooked or something. I don't know. <laughs> Joe has flashbacks. I analyze this and analyze. He, he stands funny. He points his feet the other way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just wondering why. Is he one of those guys that pees with his fists on his face? I hate <laughs> those guys. There's no oh, yeah. They're just, just, yeah. Yeah, they just stand there. <laughs> it's like, dude, come on. Control yourself. I don't know, man. I didn't know what was going on. It was all very, you know, the sound, something like something's not right. You know, the, the sound's different. Gee, my feet feel wet. <laughs> exactly. It's like, it's like something you can feel the tapping. If they were, the one, it was soaked. <laughs> it was horrible. And I, I'm washing my hands, I've got the thing, and I'm wiping them. This is ridiculous. It's, <laughs> just walking back to my dad, just thinking, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? He pissed out. Uh, Joe just gets pissed on at work. I don't remember that story. I think I would have remembered that one. Yeah, I think you would have. <laughs> That's right around the same time period, a little bit, about the same time period as, uh, no, but a little bit later than when I walked out of the locker room naked or almost did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that one. Dude, you know you're naked. <laughs> you know, you got no clothes on. That's what it is. <laughs> he didn't say dude either. Said, you know, you got no clothes on. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to 
little bump. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> what the hell were you thinking? <laughs> he was an autopilot. <laughs> He's just such a rush when you get there to get into class and then afterwards to get showered and get back to work. You know, you're maximizing your time. I was in the mode of going back up to class, going out to class with no clothes on. It's time to shower. And that poor guy lifting weights, doing shoulder presses from across the gym. The door swings open. There's a naked guy ready to walk out. Swings closed, swings back open, and I'm gone. Meanwhile, he's dropping the shit out of him. It's all his imagination. <laughs> he thinks he's having these visions. He, he thinks he may be gay. He goes to the psychiatrist. I, listen, Doc, I'm seeing naked men. I can't believe it. What happened to your shoulder while well, I dropped my weights? Everywhere I go, I'm seeing naked men. <laughs> I mean, I like the snake guy was walking out of the locker room. Have you ever heard anything so ridiculous? And then he disappeared. <laughs> Who does that? How can that happen? <laughs> that couldn't possibly have happened in real life. <laughs> oh, classic. That was classic. I have to admit. That's life on the North Coast. Wasting away on the North Coast. It was like, never guess what happened to the men's room just now. <laughs> Mickey pissed on somebody's feet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thanks for the idea.